0: Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestry and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Tuesday of the fifth week of Lent, March the 28th. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. Uh, Don't be afraid, it's not a book about math, although there's a a whole bunch of numbers that run through this particular book, hence the Book of Numbers. But our reading this morning touches on something that uh, all of us as human beings can relate to. Uh, We have a number of primal drives, that is, they're at the very heart and essence of our human nature. Both of these uh, are fear and food. Fear and food. When you begin to train an animal, let's say you have uh, a cat. Cats are very independent, as uh, cat lovers know. And in the beginning, uh, a cat is driven by fear because they're very, very good at surviving. We don't talk about the nine lives of cats for nothing. They can survive anything. And uh, that's very good. But they're also driven by food. And so when you begin to train a cat, you put the food out because they're hiding and watching. They're very good at that as well. And you leave the food there and you just walk away. Don't let them see you. Just put the food and walk away. And if you can watch from a window or from a place where they don't see you, they'll slowly creep out, approach the food cautiously, and then begin to eat. And for the next several days, you just keep moving the food closer and always move away from the food. And eventually, when they see you, they'll associate food, which is primal, and food will take the place of fear as the number one driving force in their behavior. And pretty soon, uh, the cat will come when he sees you because they associate food with what they need in order to survive, (laughs) again, survival. Well, food and fear, those are two uh, driving forces within us. And in our reading this morning, uh, the Israelites under the leadership of Moses have been wandering in the desert for many years, and God has sent them food. It's the manna from heaven, the manna from heaven. Well, they have reached their, they have reached their breaking point. They're tired of wandering. They're tired of the desert. They tired of all this talk about a promised land flowing with milk and honey. They're tired of this food. And so what did they begin to do? They begin to grumble, they complain against God and Moses. And they say their patience is worn out by the journey. Patients worn out by the journey. And they say, Why have you brought us up from Egypt to die in this desert where there is no food or water? We are disgusted with this wretched food. There is no food, meaning it's not the food to our liking anymore. We want a little variety, we'd like some meat. Would like some vegetables, would like some fruit, etc. And all we keep getting is this manna stuff. And they're disgusted with this wretched food. And at one point, they' even began to say to Moses and to his brother Aaron, "Better, we had stayed in Egypt. Yes, we were in slavery." But at least we had some food. We had three squares a day. And we're willing to trade food for freedom. Notice, that's really a tactic used by many totalitarians, even today. Food and fear. Fear that the food will be taken away. Fear for punishment, torture, even death. And you won't have food. Well... If you don't eat at a certain point, uh, you'll be pushing up daisies, because you will be currently dead. So, as long as we're we have our food, and we have a routine, we're, we 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 can trade that in. We can trade that in for uh, we'll trade that in for freedom, because this freedom doesn't seem to be all it's cranked up to be. And God seems to be very happy just to have us wander about this desert and die. And Moses, you you really not turned out to be the great leader we thought you were. Yes, you got us out of Egypt. You got us through the Red Sea. Yes, we went to Mount Sinai. We we got these commandments and this covenant. We got all this kind of stuff. We see the Lord on the mountain. And we have all of that But this is getting old and stale. We want something new. Well, in punishment, the Lord sent among the people seraph serpents, which bit the people so that many of them died. And so the people come to Moses and they say, We have sinned in complaining against the Lord and you, Pray the Lord to take the serpents from us. You see, sometimes sometimes we have to get bit by the serpents of life to find out that what the Lord has given us is part of the plan, and they didn't enter immediately into the Promised Land. They didn't go from slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea bypass Sinai, okay, we can stop there if you want and get the Ten Commandments, and then go right into the Promised Land. No. They wandered for 40 years in the desert, and their patience has worn out. And so they complain that wandering was a time of testing, a time of also forming the people, into the people of God. And so in that punishment, they come to the realization, their own words, we have sinned in complaining. So often we may find ourselves in our own lives, huh? In a kind of desert. Everything is routine, boring, humdrum. We crave a little excitement, a little variety. And we turn and we say, Lord, evidently you got other things to do. You don't care. Uh, you're indifferent to us. Uh, you, don't, you don't hear our plea. And we just seem to be wandering through the desert of life. And during those times when we abandon God, it's not that God is not there. It's not that God that has left us. It's often we who have left God. And so, at times, as harsh as it seems, we have to get bit by life. The child who insists on touching the stove, well, at some point the child may succeed and learn not to touch the stove again. Don't touch that animal on the ground because it will bite you. And then you'll have to get a shot and it's infected and you're sick and all of these things. Sometimes we have to learn, as we say, learn the hard way, learn by bitter experience. And sadly, some people never learn. They continue to touch the stove and they continue to touch the animal on the ground, much to their chagrin and destruction. So they go to Moses and they say, pray for us. Now Moses, you know, could have said, no, I'm sorry, I'm not praying for you. You grumbled against God and against me. You got what you deserve. Uh, we did all of these things for you. God raised me up to lead you. I got you out of Egypt we're, we're yes, we're wandering, but God's promise of the promised land is gonna be fulfilled, just not on your timetable. So that's tough. This is what you wanted, this is what you got, deal with it. Moses doesn't do that at all. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, make a seraph and mount it on a pole. In other words, take some, take some uh, material and make a, uh, a figure of the serpent. Place it on a pole. And if anyone who has been bitten looks at it, he will recover. Moses accordingly made a bronze serpent, mounted it on a pole, the symbol of medicine, the symbol of medicine today, down through the, down through the millennia. The pole with the serpent wrapped around it and mounted it on a pole. And whenever anyone who had been bitten by the serpent, looked at the bronze serpent, he recovered. He looked at the very source of his impending death and that's where the healing was. And of course we read in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 8, verses 21 through 30, that Jesus makes reference to this To the uh, Pharisees, he says, When I have been lifted up, when I have been lifted up, uh, you will come to realize that I am. As they looked at the serpent in the desert that Moses had made, so the Son of Man will be lifted up, not on a pole, but on a cross not a serpent, but the son of God who will drive out the serpent, drive out the deadly sting of sin and death. And all who look to the cross, all to look who Jesus on the cross, the suffering servant, they will be healed. It is in our looking at the cross, the cross of Christ being washed in his blood the innocent lamb, that we are healed. At times we may believe that God has abandoned us. We may have been bitten badly by the stings of life. The poison is racing through our veins. It's corrupting our soul. We're on our last. Turn to the Lord, look up to the cross, so that we may be healed. Let our grumbling be turned to a prayer. Let us look to the cross, not to death, not to a serpent, but to God's only Son, who in infinite love took upon himself all the poison of our sins, all the poison of our guilt, and he transformed it and healed it by divine love, by divine love. So let us today, whether we find ourselves in the desert or we find ourselves having been bitten by life, let us look to the cross that we may be healed, restored, and let us always, in our everyday journey through the desert of life, Keep the cross ever before us and our Lord and Savior. And in those times when life is too much with us, come, Lord Jesus, let me be found under the cross. Let your blood wash me clean and cleanse me of my guilt. Purify me that I may be healed and restored. Return to you and follow you faithfully. God bless you.